Hey gorgeous, this is episode number 274. I am so excited to have the wealth chef Anne Wilson back on the show today. Hi, this is Anne Wilson and you are listening to the Heart Sales Podcast with Christine Klonsky. Enjoy! Well, after such an inspiring first episode where we talked about money, freedom, sales, impact with the wealth chef herself, Anne Wilson, I am super pumped Anne is back today. She is a best-selling author of The Wealth Chef. She is a wealth expert on the hit Channel 4 TV series, Save Well, Spend Better. She is a trainer, speaker, entrepreneur, and financial empowerment activist. And she helps people to master the vital life ingredient called money and how to use it to create freedom of choice so that you can live a life you really truly desire. And today we're gonna go deeper into the idea of why just creating money or making money is not enough, but creating wealth will give you what you are looking for. So let's tune right in with the amazing Anne Wilson. Well, I am so super excited you are back and welcome. It's so great to be back here, continuing this juicy topic of entrepreneurs, money, freedom, power, resilience, super sexy. Yeah, super sexy, especially, you know, I mean, one of my biggest values is freedom. And that's why we probably align so much. <laughs> yeah. Yours is too, it's like freedom, it's, you know, creating the, the life of my dreams. And interestingly, and I've, I've been saying that for quite a while now, the more I grow, the bigger my dreams become. So I truly believe the more one person grows and develops yeah. and steps into their potential, the bigger the dreams will become. And obviously, it's always good to have some money to fund the dreams, right? <laughs> it certainly is. And I think the more we also drop into who we really are, because I think the wealthy journey, I often use the word wealth rather than just rich, because wealth also means us having the courage of getting really clear on who we are and what truly lights us up, what truly brings us joy, where is that edge of the stuff that where life is happening and dropping also into this courage to be fully who we are. And, and so I discovered the more we're able to drop into that, that empowered place of having financial resources, but also our voice, our dreams also become, I think, so much more aligned to truth. I think so, so often when we're disconnected from that, when we don't have the economic power, where we don't have that safety, that confidence and, and built in, you know, knowing we actually have our own back. So many of the dreams can be around wanting to please or appease or try and validate our worthiness externally. And when we actually get into this place of true freedom, we need, that's also freedom from trying to perform, trying to um, please, appease. And as women, we often have been told those are the only things we're able to do to be safe. And so there's a deep rewiring that also comes on this journey of, of true freedom, which I find so cool. And then when we know what we really want, we find the price tag is even better because we're not now wasting time, energy, and mostly money on stuff that actually doesn't bring us joy, but we've done it just because we thought we should, because that's what we're meant to do, or that's what you know, Instagram or the magazines tell us we should be wearing, doing, living. And what a liberation when we can drop all that stuff. 
Yeah. Oh, totally. When you're not forced to have the next big car because your neighbor already has one. <laughs> <laughs> because you can just decide of what, what brings you joy. And I think that's yeah. such a important factor for everything we do. Like living in flow, living in bliss, mm. having joy each and every day. And I, I think money, having money really contributes to that freedom of these emotions because you do feel safe and you yeah. do not need to worry, well, how do I pay my rent, right? Will I even be able to pay next week? Or like all the stress that we probably all have been through. Well, I, I had moments where I was like, oh my yeah. goodness, if I don't get that to work right now, well, I don't even know how I'm going to survive the next month. And it's so stressful and it, it cuts your creativity your joy and really staying in your heart space and coming yeah. from your heart space that um, I think it's money is one of the most important topics and not just money, but as you just mentioned a couple sentences ago, like creating wealth. Yeah. And real wealth, which real wealth. is this base, the sustainability of this asset base, which is really key. And, and, you know, this is such an interesting paradox. You're talking about, you know, that, that flow and, I think a lot of people and entrepreneurs and the personal development world, we can have a lot of the story around, oh, you know, if it doesn't feel easy, if it isn't comfortable, then it's not for you. And I just want to speak right up front. I, I do not believe that at all. I think, you know, I think the flow has been misunderstood by a lot of people. I, and so I think, unfortunately, it prevents a lot of people from actually moving forward, taking action. You know, of anything new, has a discomfort around it. It's just unfamiliar. Um, and it can feel frightening. It can, there can be fear associated because the role of our nervous system is to keep everything the same. Mm. And so I think there can be this element of when we really want to step into expanding our life, creating freedom, creating wealth, learning how to invest, learning how to sell, leaping in, that I see a lot of people going, oh, you know, but it's not feeling comfortable. It's, I'm, I'm not in flow. It's not joy. And I go, BS flow to me is dropping below that noise of distances and being able to listen. What are we really being called to? And you know, we speak a lot about freedom. And one of the things I've just been exploring is really understanding that freedom is a choice. So not only does economic empowerment and money give us freedom of choice, that's one of the key things it gives us, but we've really got to understand freedom is a choice. We have to choose it. And choosing is an active step. Freedom will never force itself on us. You know, our liberation, our joys, our, our desires, our real dreams, because the, the very fact is it's freedom of choice. So we have to be active and put ourselves in, that, in the freedom arena. We've got to keep choosing it. We've got to make a commitment. And it takes tenacity and heart and it, and it takes vulnerable and it's exposing. You know, Brené Brown you know, often uses the man in the arena talk about we've got to be in that freedom arena. And... And I think so often this flow, people can go, they'll, they'll cling to the familiar suffering and comfortableness of that rather than risking and choosing to choose freedom and unfamiliar freedom, unfamiliar wealth. And I just wanted to bring that conversation up front because it's such a fine one. And I can just see so many people betraying themselves and betraying freedom under this name of flow. It needs to be easy. Um, it's just completely misunderstanding what that concept is. 
Yeah, and I, I totally agree. If you learn something new, that can be quite frustrating. But then yeah. after you mastered it, right, it, it becomes easy with every step you go. Like, you know, so many things I've learned on my way of becoming an entrepreneur and now being an entrepreneur is really, really frustrating from time to time. Like, why do I need to know that? You don't know what you don't know, right? So you get like yes. all the new stuff. But embracing it, being curious about it, and maybe just going to that point where you're so frustrated that you now commit to figure it out. <laughs> is Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. And I think the subtle difference of truly being flow is knowing, being able to separate our worthiness, who we believe we are, from what we're doing. Mm. And, you know, so important when I've seen, you know, creating wealth and we got, you know, can dive into some of, you know, entrepreneurs, wealth, investing, where it comes is, is going, if I try and get my validation and my sense of worthiness from what I'm doing in my business or that result of that, that launch or how my assets are performing or what's happening in the market, I, I'm doomed because I've given my freedom and my power away. But when I can sit and know that I'm already worthy beyond measure, we all are. There's nothing we can do, have, or create to get that. We are already enough. And I think this is the next sort of key principle of understanding that the opposite of scarcity isn't abundance. The opposite of scarcity is enough. Knowing that there is enough, that we are enough dropping into this deep knowing. And then from that place, we can really make powerful discerning decisions around our business, our investing, because we're not trying to use those things to validate our worthiness. And that is such, it's, a, it's, it is an ongoing reminder lesson because we, we live in a world that tells us that that's not true, yeah. that all these other things are needed in order for us to be worthy or even just to have the right to life. And so that this for me is another key element of keeping getting into right relationship with enoughness, with worthiness. And then when I know that when I come to life, to my business, to my investing from that place, then I can be brave. Then I'm dangerous, dangerous in a good way. Yeah. Um, because I'm not seeking that approval or I'm not pleasing. But when I come from trying to get validation from my investments, my business, my actions, I'm never going to make great choices. Yeah. And, and this is such an important point you're just making. And I remember the moment I decided that it's none of my business what others think about me. <laughs> Life became a lot better, like a whole lot better because I, I was able to allow myself to stop worrying. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness, what's my boss going to think about me? What, yeah. you know, what might be my, my parents thinking when my neighbor says this and this, right? So like giving up yes. <laughs> that feeling or that desire to manage other people's thoughts yeah. is oh, such a relief. And um, yeah, I, I believe that you will be more in flow. You will be aligned to yeah. who you are. You, you will have that opportunity to say, well, you know what? I love being in five-stars hotels. I just yes. love it. But I'm also fine being in the wilderness and nature. Yeah. And, and, and when you know that that's me. your truth. Yes. Not somebody else's. Mm -hmm. <gasps> the liberation. Yes. Yeah, that liberation that comes with it is just huge. And it also, because now you allow yourself to just 
be more of who you are. And I believe that that's an ongoing process. Yeah. I don't think we probably will never ever be the thousand percent authentic no. version, right? We grow into it more and more and more because the more we learn about ourselves and you will learn when you have different experiences, like, oh, why did I react this way in this situation? If you've never been in the situation before, well, you probably don't know how you will react, right? So it's, I think it's like that grows process. And, and just, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, having the, the ability to be curious about life, curious to go and learn, know what we don't know, but curious about what feedback we're getting. And instead of going into judgment and shaming, to go, hmm, fascinating. What is this information telling me? And I love that you're talking about, you know, this, this discernment we need to have of what information, feedback we need come in our life. And I've really had to learn how to be super conscious about who I share my dreams and goals with, who oh. I share what with. So there's this deep, you know, personal responsibility of personal leadership that isn't about going, oh, well, I'm Teflon coated and I've got a hide of a rhino and nothing's going to get to me. No, it's just being really careful about what I choose to consume, where I choose to go, what do I choose to look at, who do I choose to share that with. So my community, my coaches, my, these frameworks. And, and so I've really learned that in my money stuff, you know, we can get back to the money and investing. I've had to learn how to put frameworks in place, frameworks for investing, frameworks for managing my money, how I can automate it as much as possible. So I can almost protect my investing and my money and my wealth from me, those emotional sort of sides that come in. But I've also put those same frameworks in my business, in my feedback I get. How, what do I choose to consume? You know, and those, this paradox that frameworks and systems create freedom. Because often we can think freedom is about, oh, anything, anytime, anywhere, whatever, don't give me any limitation or restrictions. That's not, you know, a river needs a riverbank. Without a riverbank, it's just a bloody puddle and it's going nowhere. So there's this paradox of, you know, freedom needs these frameworks often to protect ourselves from ourselves. Yeah, and it's interesting. I heard that a while ago, um, structure creates freedom. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, with the situation in the world right now, not being able to travel and really sitting down, focusing, getting mm -hmm. here on what do I really truly desire? Right now, I'm not traveling, yeah. so I have time to do some more thinking. Um, it's really interesting because then you figure out like, oh, well, I'm in a new structure right now. And it does help to get more focus, to get more things done, mm -hmm. and to still enjoy. It's just a different way. So what do we allow ourselves to do? And how do we perceive a situation that we can't really control? And we can only control how we react. Yeah. And the frameworks that we put in for ourselves, what are we allowed to consume? Who's our, who are the people that we trust with and who've earned the right to that. Yeah. And I want to jump to the money side. Can I speak about one of the things that I do see so many entrepreneurs? Cause I know, you know, you teach, you're extraordinary about how big heart entrepreneurs learning how to bring this money in. And one of the things that breaks my heart is seeing entrepreneurs learning how to bring this money in their business is growing, that money is flowing. We spoke about, you know, so often it can just go through the fingers. And if we're not conscious about creating a framework, a system to how do we direct that money? Mm. Do we have a system in place to go, 
how am I directing that money? Do I have clear objectives for that money that I've brought in? Or is it just, I'm so busy bringing it in. I'm so busy focusing on the top line that I don't even know what I'm going to do with it. You know, people work so hard to bring that money in and then they neglect it. It's like, you know, going and working really hard to get this ideal relationship. And then you completely ignore that person. Many people do this with money. Money's like the, the idyllic employee but it needs to be given a job description. It needs to be told what is its objective in your business and then out of your business. So there's two fatal mistakes that I see entrepreneurs do. One, they have no money management system. So they got no clear objective. So some of the money that comes in needs to first go to profit. I love Mike Michalowicz's process, Profit First. I was just you know, going to ask you, like, can you recommend a book? Yeah, <laughs> you that know. Came, that came to mind right away. You know, absolutely. And, you know, this is about making this change decision about we have to shift, you know, me first, profit first. What is the objective? And so changing, not going what is left at the end. And this is a system. It's, it's a framework. It's a discipline that has to happen. And it can feel uncomfortable initially coming back to that flow. Yes, it's going to feel uncomfortable because you're going to have to change patterns and stories and, oh, I should be paying my bills first. I should be doing this first. No, profit first. If your business is not making a profit, it's not a business. Get over it. And so there's a ruthlessness And I say that with a real consciousness of going, we've got to make these things happen. And then they become our comfort zone. So, you know, are you we directing? Do we have a system and a framework to direct money to? You know, how much of that money is going to go to operational costs? Do we know what our overheads are? You know, and, and do we have a basis on which we can provide an operational buffer in the business? Do we know how long we could survive if, if COVID comes along and we, <laughs> you know, your business gets impacted by it? Or what are the elements? You know, how do you? Do you have a process on how you make choices as to where you're going to spend money? Do you have any metric or ability to see that you actually get a return on that investment? You know, there's a lovely phrase that says money flows to those who value it most. And valuing money isn't going, I want more money. Valuing it is understanding that every euro, every pound, every dollar, every Vietnamese dong has the seed of extraordinary potential in it. Some people just consume that and boof, it's gone. Other people understand that with great leadership, they get to plant that, but they've got to create the environment and they've got to release that seed. And so this is, what is that return? Do we, you know, do we value that money that we've worked hard to bring in? Most people's behaviors are no, because it's almost the name of the game is how quickly can I get rid of it? Because that's what we've been told. We've, we've almost been told you've got to get rid of money as soon as it comes in because we don't know what to do with it. So this is the first big thing I see entrepreneurs and they focus on the top line. You know, um, we often call it you know, the marketer math. We see this so much in the digital world, the online space, the, oh, the revenue, the X figure launch, the six figure, the seven figure business. Well, if you've spent 7.1 to have a seven figure business, you've got no profit. You know, again, what are we focusing on? Are we focusing on vanity or are we focusing on true freedom and reality? What do we want? Mm. So shifting that focus is really key. I don't know whether you want to add anything on that because I'm sure you see it the whole time. Yeah. It's, I, I just love that you're making this point and it's so true. Obviously you totally get excited if somebody tells you they had a six or seven figure launch, but then, you know, I know a lot of people who do partner up 
So the six-figure launch, like, you know, is cut yeah. in two. <laughs> and then Absolutely. they pay for all the marketing, for all the setup, for all the whatever. And then, you know, that cuts a lot of percentage. Yeah. And that the, at the end of the day, they might not even have made 10 grand and, yep. you know, everything else is gone and they, they have the work. So it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense. And I love that you're coming back to those mistakes because we wanted to talk about the fatal mistakes that yeah. entrepreneurs make. So let's, let's keep going. I think that's, so so that's that first one, focusing on top line, not having a place to direct money and not giving a leadership, not taking profit first, but the next big one. And this, this manifests in two ways is our entrepreneurs not taking money out of their business. First, it's often seen as in a very simple one, you know, actually paying themselves first, truly recognizing that they are a cost to the business. And listen, when you're starting a business, you don't want to overload it, but you need to be taking money out. A lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs will run some costs and lifestyle costs through the business, which is fine, but actually taking money out as a cost being prepared to pay the tax. See, a lot of people, you know, they, they're so afraid of paying tax that they forget to create wealth. You want to do it sensibly, but if all the money stays in the business, again, it's not sustainable. So one, paying ourselves, making sure that money is coming out the business. But now this is the one, Christine, that absolutely breaks my heart. See, a lot of entrepreneurs say, and I'm reinvesting in my business. My business is my biggest asset. I'm reinvesting in my business. This is super, super dangerous because from an investing and from a financial well-being aspect, one, we got clear in that first talk we had and, and in, the, in, in the, six, um, the Roadmap to Freedom webinar, The Savvy Investor, that there is no one thing that's going to create our freedom. We need to have this ecosystem. We also need to have a portfolio of assets in different sectors that operate in different ways and things that are completely outside of our business to have real sustainability, real resilience. Because only this, I'm only reinvesting in my business is the only asset that is being created is the riskiest, most terrifying thing to do. And entrepreneurs by nature are often positive. They're often are prepared to take more risk. They wouldn't you know, be in that business side, but this could be a real dark edge that they don't have the discipline of taking money out and converting that into a stock market portfolio, taking money out and building a real estate um, property investing portfolio. And that can be in various ways. It doesn't have to be physical. You know, there's so many different ways you can do that, taking it out and even putting it in other low input businesses. But this is terrifying. And so what happens, you know, there's a good old saying, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Many entrepreneurs don't only have all the eggs in only one basket, they've only got one damn egg. Mm. And if they drop that egg or the market changes or if they're tired, it's, they've got nothing. And all of this work, they're saying they want to create freedom, they want to create this lifestyle, is all an illusion because they've never created this process and the system to take it out. And often they'll go, but oh, but Anne, I can get a higher return, you know, I can reinvest that into a launch and I can make more money. Okay, great, but if you're never creating sustainable wealth, if you're never creating these assets that then give you this freedom of choice, then one, it's just a big lie, and two, it's just this churning cash flow machine. So... Thank you for letting me rant on that one because this is one that breaks my heart. I just see extraordinary entrepreneurs doing amazing things, but literally they're walking on a tight rope wire thousands of feet up with no net to catch them and quite frankly with a lot of arrogance. 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I just want to add that I learned a while ago that uh, a millionaire has an average seven different income sources. Yep. So, um, and that really made me think, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, well, seven, okay, <laughs> well, I better yeah. get started because it's not created overnight. So I think this is so, so important that we really understand how this money world works and we do it in a way that we do not get overwhelmed, but it does take time. There's no rich, get rich quick kind of thing. Yeah. You know, if you didn't listen to podcasts, right, go back. Nobody yeah. is coming to rescue us. And there is no one ka-ching thing. There's no one product, one business that's going to you know, solve our money problems. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you big mess. So, so just one thing, because I, I know that um, a lot of books I read talked about it, but it did not really get to me. I, I got it mm. now, but it took me a, a long while. So I'm just presuming that one or the other listener might be thinking, well, what yeah. does it actually mean paying myself first? <laughs> this is so great because it is one of those phrases that is thrown around. People go, oh, yes, pay yeah. myself first, but rarely misunderstand it. So I think we have to look and get into right relationship with our business and our money. So often, you know, people have their businesses higher up and they come below it. But we've really got to go... In the hierarchy of life, we've all already are CEOs of the most extraordinary business, the business called our life. Mm. And so, you know, we've got to manage it. We've got to go, what's our vision? What's our strategic objection? What's our, you know, what are we wanting to achieve from this business called our life? So we've got to, you know, manage it, vision, same way we treat any other business. And so all of our businesses, our asset investments, our portfolios are all sub businesses to this holding company called our, our life. When we treat it in this way, we can also go, ah, oh, because many people like become subservient to their job, their money and their business and become slaves to that. Instead of going, it's meant to serve me. It's meant to serve life. And so if that flow is meant to go up, paying ourselves first, first from a business means you have to take money out of the business. And you, so firstly in a business, profit first. You have to make sure that you allocate and pull money out and allocate it to profit because if your business isn't making a profit each and every month and consistently expanding, it's going broke. And we've just got to be very real about that. So there's allocation of profit in the business, but then we have to take that profit out of the business. If the profit just sits in the business as retained income, it can become a very sloppy and lazy way to find you know, cash flow when we need it. And um, it, again, it can become a, a dysfunctional business. So got to take profit first, allocate what is that percentage when every bit of money comes in, pay that profit first. So profit is still to the business entity. Then paying ourselves first is then making sure as director, shareholder, money is coming out. And it can come out as both salary and as dividends as out of your business. There's various tax-effective ways you can take, but you've got to take that money out and be prepared to you know, take the tax hit, whatever it is. There's many different tax-efficient ways you can do that. But paying yourself first is this, and having the courage to say, I need to be the most important bill that gets paid every month. Well, your profit is in your business, then you, and you know, the, and it's an expense, it's not profit, that side. And then the others will come because when we do this, we start breaking the story of I come last. 
So many people, when we really understand this paying yourself first, it, it, it goes into every area of our life. And if we can truly sit without judgment, but with curiosity and inquiry and go, am I paying myself first with my time, with my energy, with my money? And, and we can see what, where are the areas we're not doing it. You know, if we're waking up first thing and then we're starting to look at Facebook or emails or responding to WhatsApp messages, we are not paying ourselves first with our time and our focus. You know, if we're waiting for the end of the day to see if there's any energy left after we've sorted out the kids, the business, the dogs, the this, that, to do the things that liven us, we're not paying ourselves first. So paying ourselves first takes a radical, it's, I call it the, the, the most selfless selfishness because if we truly pay ourselves first, we put ourselves first, we are then taking full responsibility for our own well-being. And then we're going to be able to move forward. So the next step of paying ourselves first is great. We've got money out the business, but now we have to make sure some of that money gets to stay in our lives. And paying ourselves first means taking that out of our personal expenses and instead of letting it flow out, directing it to our freedom. And what I mean specifically there is converting it into assets, into investments. So that money not only gets to stay in our life, but it gets converted into something that can grow in value and earn us income. And so this is like paying our own freedom tax first. This is truly where paying ourselves first comes from, is the principle of keeping some of the money we make and converting it, planting it, so it can grow in value and actually serve us down the line. Mm, awesome. Thank you so much. Last question of the day. What is the very first thing you ever sold in your life? Oh, Wow. <laughs> You know, I had this huge belief that I was disastrous at sales. But if I go back, I realize that actually I always had strong ability to impact and influence. And when I was able to change the story around what selling is, um, the very first thing I saw. That comes to mind. Like maybe, you know, as a child, like the very first thing that you... Yeah. We're getting money for from <laughs> what's coming to my mind is I was very good at giving away stuff. So I had to learn <laughs> so, because I think there was a big story that, you know, money was somewhat dirty, that, that actually yeah. giving was far better. And I, so the story that's coming to mind, which maybe uh, I learned to not quite selling, my father had this box of these amazing stones and rocks. He was interested in geology that he had collected from all over the place. And as kids, we were allowed to play with this. And one day he came home and my twin brother and I had been out playing with our neighbors. And he came back and he looked inside this box and there were just, there were like two or three stones left. And he said, you know, what happened to all these stones? And we said, no, we were playing with the neighbors and they said, we must start the stone club. And everybody distributed all the stones amongst them and all the stones were now gone. And, this, and the stone club lasted about half an hour and that was the end of it. And my father was <laughs> devastated. We'd just given away all of the rocks that he had collected for his whole life. So I think I did get a hiding and I learned really quickly that, okay, <laughs> need to ask permission and there's a big difference between giving away and valuing things and understanding that so not quite the, the what did you sell i do though remember my very first digital marketing and online sale when it came to the whale chef business because again i knew nothing about selling and i was so grateful what you teach and i had this huge big barrier and block you know i came from the let's just give away those stones rather than anything yeah else what a journey and, yeah. And I can remember my very, very first sale. I can remember who it was. It was a woman called Margaret Bouge. It was the first PayPal ping. 
And I, you know, it, it was terrifying and exciting and exhilarating, but I had that courage to ask. I had that courage to stand and go, you know, I, I believe there's value here. And, I, and this is why I think it's so important. We've got to get in that arena. We've got to be prepared to experiment because until I was prepared to actually put something out there, ask, grow, then that slowly built the confidence. Then I could get that feedback. Then I could refine. And this was so important for me to realize that just, you know, maybe like a wealthy life is a lifetime thing. So is learning how to sell and influence and market and just have this compassion that there's some stuff I'm going to get wrong, but celebrate each time it gets better, more refined and really dropping in that by me being prepared to do the work that needs to be done so I can become more proficient at it is deeply an act of service because then there's more people I get to serve. Awesome. Well, what a beautiful finish to the second episode. Thank you so, so much. And I love that you brought us this amazing gift, the Savvy Investor. So that is a really great start into all of this, not just mindset, but practical stuff to, to start implementing. Absolutely. Because you've got to have the how-to. There's no point just getting motivated, but if you're not told the how-to, then you're just left hanging. Yeah. That's exactly what we do. There's six key steps which creates this ecosystem of creating your financial freedom, what to invest in, how to do it, how do you manage your money, getting out of debt, all in this free training. So it'd be great. Dive on in. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing your wisdom. Um, this was just brilliant. I'm, I'm going to go back and re-listen myself uh, because there were so many golden nuggets of, you know, these little mindset shifts sometimes make the huge difference and then obviously starting into the how-tos and then practicing and getting to that new level of comfort getting to that bigger comfort zone right so that we can all grow and have thriving businesses and really have the impact in the world that we want to make oh absolutely and thank you for having me on heart cells and this amazing podcast that you provide this amazing platform just helping entrepreneurs people just expand their lives by learning these key skills thank you so so much and have a great one bye you too bye well what another amazing episode i i guess gorgeous you kind of got the idea that i could talk to n for hours it's just so inspiring to have someone to lift you up to help you see what's possible and what's done before especially if you are a woman you probably do suffer no matter where you've been brought up with some false beliefs around money, around money management. And well, Anne can sure help you to release that kind of thing that is in the way. I'm so super pumped we had the opportunity to talk again today and I hope you've gotten a ton out of it. I would love to hear from you. I would love to know where are you on your journey? What's going on in your world? How do you feel about money? Because money and sales are very closely related, especially when it comes to the point to really creating your offers, to making them irresistible, but also to help you to charge the value you are providing and to really back that up with 
every cell in your body so you can actually stop undercharging and totally over delivering but finding some harmony in the process. Hop on over to christineschlonsky.com, find the podcast tab and this episode number 274 with Ann Wilson and get her amazing free gift, The Savvy Investor. Check that out in the resource section. Also, once you're over there, make sure you sign up for the empowerment notes where you get updates on Heart Sales Podcast, where I will let you in on some secrets that we are working on right now. So you be the first one to know. And also, once you're over there, check out the experience. This is basically online masterclasses that I produced in the past or that I hosted in the past. And we are starting to put them up as an experience for you to go through them again. So the amazing knowledge and wisdom of the speakers will not be lost. So depending where you are and depending at what time you are listening to this episode, we have the Heart-Centered Lead Generation Summit up and you can go through it at any time you desire. So hop on over to christineschlonsky.com and check out the goodies that are waiting for you over there. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing your love and your excitement and for giving your gifts to the world. I really appreciate you being here. I really appreciate all the love you're bringing to the world. We all need that. And thank you so much for tuning in. Looking forward to having you back for the next episode. And for right now, I am wishing you a wonderful day wherever you are on this beautiful world. And I'm saying bye for now. Oh,